Hello and welcome to Cock and Ball, the podcast that brings you everything you didn't know you didn't need in a time of taste walking seven sisters to Wild Lane. Whilst Italian Takeover was completed a few weeks ago, the Italian Takeover of Cock and Ball is finally complete here. I am Ash and I'll be head chef with me today is a man who will slap you if you think bolognese sauce goes to spaghetti. It's my big bro Chris, how you doing? How we doing guys? Unfortunately we are just uh, the two of us today, hence the Italian Takeover. Jim is doing some journalistic crap. Jules, unfortunately, isn't well, and Tom is apparently he's got a social life, so lucky for him, I guess. How have, how have you been, Chris, anyway? Uh, not too bad. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, decent. I was just delighted that I managed to get through that out of a bumbling like a buffoon, like bloody Boris Johnson did. But anyway, there you go. Did you uh, did you watch the Leeds game? I did, yes. Excellent. I bet you were absolutely delighted when you saw Winks in the starting lineup. As always, mate. Um... <laughs> just just so horrible to watch I think it's more frustration and wind up because we saw quite a good few things from him early on yeah and as a player he he should be a good package he's young mm. he gets himself around the pitch he can do the basic things okay he's just never taught himself how to pass or move forward no and I think I think that's sort of uh that sums up the first half of the whole squad, to be fair, didn't it? It was yeah. fucking horrible. Like, I managed to get a ticket from Tom because he couldn't go. And um, honestly, by half time, I was, I was getting ready to call on him and say, I want my money back. That was, <laughs> it was so bad, man. Like, that, it, it, was, it was brought up a lot from the match of the day, wasn't it? That, um, you know, how well that Leeds pressed. And they forced us into loads of issues. And, I mean, yeah, they were decent, right? They, they pressed us man for man all over the pitch. But if you saw it, like, any team who had the ability to pass five yards and control the ball and didn't, you know, didn't have Lucas Moore in a team who's ball like an old man's fucking loose, aren't they? Um, and, a, and a first touch like a Catholic priest in El Paver. It's just, oh, mate, how frustrating was it? Like, we couldn't, we just couldn't progress the ball. It was... Do, do you know what it is for me? Is the frustrating thing is we talk about our defenders and they're not the greatest defenders, but most of them can play with the ball at their feet. Yeah. But we don't allow them that because Winks and Hoiberg literally just sit on top of them. And the the, fir- the first ball, they're thinking, do I play it all the way as far as Kane and leave them free isolated? Or do we try and make some space where the space is not there? And the first half, like you say, it's just so frustrating where defenders, the back three, have got the ball and they haven't got anyone in front of them. Yeah. To, play, so, to play the ball into because they're literally standing next to him. Yeah, it was fucking... It was... Like, Jules defined the midfielders as cowards. Like, they would sit next to the centre-backs and wouldn't give an option. And then the way I saw it, like, the front line was so static, you could run the fucking training line off of them. Like, there was just no no movement whatsoever. And, I mean, a lot of it has been put onto Kane for some reason. I actually thought it was all right. He actually tried to run forward. Hell no, you could not blame Kane. No, exactly. I, we, I just the frustration when you think you've just hit on a nail on the head. There is, we want Kane to sit up top where he scores goals, and let's stop using Kane as a scapegoat. Tottenham fans, but as a generic, he, he's not been great this season. Let's be honest. However, he's not the sole reason why we can't play football. Harry Winks is a coward. We saw it in the Man City game where he was standing behind De Bruyne. He couldn't stand behind Leeds players this time. Um, but he was standing behind Dyer. And I think with Hoiberg, I don't know if it's tiredness. Um, I don't I don't think it's cowardness or confidence like Winks is. 
I just think maybe tactically he's not sure what he's wanting to do as of yet. I think part of the problem could be that he normally does that job by himself and now he's in a two where two of them are going to do it. So yeah. he's a bit confused. Um, but yeah, I think in the second half um, with the much better performance, it was because them two were told move five yards up. The problem with uh, playing both wings and Hoiberg is that one is a shitter version of the other. So like we don't, the, the, Hoiberg is already fairly limited. Like we know what he's going to give you. He's I th- a little bit underrated on the ball, but he's still not great. Like um, he's not gonna he's not gonna progress us like ten yards whenever he gets the ball, or he's not gonna always play amazing forward passes. He's got the odd one in him, but it's, it's no, it's not consistent. But that's not what he's there to, not there to do. But I said I don't know um, what what is he there to do now? Because obviously it's changed a lot under under Mourinho. He was the only player who could actually tackle in midfield. Yeah. But now we're completely changed. So what's his role now? So his role is going to be exactly the same. He's going to be the one who needs to drop deep and look for the other midfielder who should be five yards more in front of him. Mm. Um, Or maybe he steps back and it allows Romero to move forward. So we know he likes the centre-backs to push up as an extra man. You can look at previous players that Conte's had you watch Brosovic, he's not the most nimble. Well, he's um, like a Jorginho mould, isn't he? Yeah, and that's what Hoiberg's there to do. But the f- problem he's got is he's got Winks next to him who wants to do the same job, or he's got Skip next to him who does the same job. I think with Hoiberg, his problem is he hasn't got the def- the positional discipline. And that's where I think bringing in someone like Kessier would, would change it and it would allow us to go to maybe a, a 5-3-2 or 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. Hoiberg, he's... He gets in so many tackles because he runs around like a fucking headless chicken, right? Which is like, it's great when you look at his numbers for tackles, but the amount of times he's just dribbled past or missed a tackle and he's a massive hole in the middle. So like, I'm more than happy to like replace him in that position. But uh, I mean, we're talking about playing against Leeds, Leeds fucking second string team and we're going in the break at 1-0. And it got to the point where in the crowd, we were clapping when we won a throw-in, like as if it's like being at a birthday party for a five-year-old and clapping when they blow out the candles. Like it's it's not impressive, but that's how oh, that's how awful we were. You got like it was just, in it terms was of you said about second-string team. The problem that I have got is their midfield wasn't their second-string team. Their attack was, and if it wasn't, oh, if they mate, had Rafinha, if they had Rafinha and Ramford and Bamford. Yes, it would have been a problem. But listen, the best man on that pitch was Calvin Phillips. He was brilliant on the night. He was at centre half as well. I didn't realise until I got home. He was yeah. pressing up so far high. Like what he followed Kane all the way into midfield. Like he was it was everywhere. He's exactly the kind of player I want in my midfield, to be fair. Like we don't exactly. talk about Brozovic and Kessier. He's that guy who's gonna sit and be disciplined and has the ability to uh, to, to pick out a pass and to get attacks started because he, you know, he can actually pass more than five yeah, yards. And it allow it, it's the team around him that allows him to to do that as well. It helps. Yeah, he's not got no yeah. one sitting on his lap. But yeah, no, the first the first half performance, you can't really yeah. say anyone was good. I thought Kane's hold up play during the game was good. I think Son because we keep talking about Hoiberg, we talk about Dyer, we talk about yeah. Winks. I think Son's really struggling in in this formation. He needs to get used to the fact that he's not a winger anymore. I think we've got we've got this problem now where we've had the last two years have been pretty much 
right, we get the ball to Kane as quick as we can. Son, you hug the touchline and you get some white on your boots and then you cut in as soon as Kane gets the ball and we'll, we'll thread it through. Like That's been our only attacking plan. So the moment we get a coach in that actually has structure in terms of attack and actually wants to build patterns of play, it sort of, it changes that. Do you know what I mean? Like players have got to be in different positions than they're, than they're used to and they, they've got to follow instructions rather than just follow that same one pattern over and over and over again. Yeah. So it's going to take some getting used to, some training, but... Anyway, I'm bored of the first half because <laughs> I just I didn't enjoy it at the time and I'm not enjoying remembering about it. So we'll go into the second half and obviously things changed a bit. And to be fair, though, Chris, if I told you, if you didn't watch the game, right, and I told you we, we went in at 1-0 and then we won 2-1, you would have been able to tell me exactly what happened, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's the <laughs> story of the season. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Especially with Leeds, like losing players, you know they're going to press and then tire and then we might get we might scrape a couple goals. And I think that's what Conte wanted wanted to do. I don't think he wanted them to play as bad as they did. Um, but what I think he said is first half, let them do the running. Let uh, yeah. let the ball do the work for us. But they took it as in, let's be defensive. It's not what he wanted. But I think he wanted to soak the pressure first half, let them tire and then go at them second half, which yeah. is the best thing to do against Leeds. No, no. And I think it would have been different if, if we were able to keep the ball better and and obviously Leeds would still be running like they did in the first half, then that would have tied them out quicker um, without them being a threat. But we, That's we it. couldn't we do nothing that. With the ball, that was the problem. No, we just kept turning and running straight into them. I mean, I don't, I don't like blaming the ref, but he was fucking awful. I think it was a streak that just constantly went through the back of players and the left back as well. It was, oh, mate, he was so bad. He was, honestly, I felt like giving him in my glasses, just running down to the touchline. <laughs> Because that was bad, but but the first goal came and it was Hoiberg first, wasn't it? Yes, scuffed effort. Yeah, but you take him, money, come in it. How many goals did Jermaine Defoe score or just main strikers score where they've hit the bottom of the ball as it's coming across or the top of the ball and it takes that little bounce? They was... they tell they tell you. I think it was Jermaine Defoe actually himself that said sometimes you hit the ball too well. It doesn't go in. That might be Michael Owen, to be fair. I think he said something like that. And every, at the time, everyone was laughing, but it's true. It's true. You, you kick it into the ground. Even when you're shooting, when you hit yeah. it low, you want it to skim off the floor just in front of the keeper. And you're told that okay. in training sessions. Hit, you want it to land just in front, of the, in front of the keeper. So it takes an awkward bounce and it either goes above him or it's just going to skid under. And yeah, that's what, that's what he did. He tried to hit it, didn't hit it well enough. But at the end of the day, they go in and you take them. Yeah, exactly. And it was, uh, it was it was everything that we needed. And to be fair, it was coming because we, we did come out at half time a, a completely different team. And we actually put some pressure on them, which was really good to see. Like you could see the atmosphere change. And there's been a there's been a lot of talk about the atmosphere at games recently, about how it's quiet and it's this. But um, after two years of the dross we've had to watch, it's going to take good football to bring the atmosphere back rather than expecting fans to egg the team on. Is that fair? Am I being a bit harsh on my expectations? That's fair, but we uh, we've we've got a new stadium. They talked about the cheese room and stuff. What they should <laughs> do that would raise the atmosphere, and I'm telling you, it'd work 100. Yeah. percent Is get rid of what you can see on the is it the Megatrons? Yeah. And yeah literally yeah. have a Conte cam. <laughs> just literally. constantly watching Conte. Just constantly watching Conte. I tell you what, there was I'm, I wasn't there at the game, but I was watching yeah. it on TV. And I could see fans watching Conte, not the game. Oh, 100%. I he was absolutely electric. 
Yeah, I mean, I was um, when 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 I thought Jim was joining. We obviously pre-riot the start, like that little introduction bit. And um, my first introduction that I wrote, assuming that Jim would be here, would be all about passion and linking it back to Conte because that man has he had we had more passion than we've seen on the touchline in the last four years. Just in that one night, it was incredible to watch. And the way he's like getting, he wants the fans to go. That's obvious. He wants to become a fortress, and I'm sure over time it will when we start seeing the better performances. And match day experiences just generally get a bit better. But um, you, you need that. Like, you can see when the players are flat and there there's just isn't much movement. You need the energy to come from somewhere. It's not the energy that he brings that makes a difference to the players. I think it makes more to the fans. And that's what he wants to do, is make yeah. it a fortress from the fans to start off with. But I think what it does bring is his constant talking keeps the pressure on them players to let them know you've got to do better do this next time it's constant instructions constant direction and that's what they need at the moment and I think that's what makes a big difference to the players to know they've got a manager not that other managers don't care it's that it's the fire that he wants to win it's that winning mentality no matter if it's against Leeds or if it's against United or City or PSG he wants to beat Leeds just as much you can't take any game for granted like Leeds can put a number on anyone if you're if you're even at 80 percent they will run you ragged and um in the second half we i think we're the only second team so far this season to outrun Leeds. so you know and after, just in the second half alone yeah exactly and after the, the first, first half of the first show, half start we was under Leeds. second yep. game second half alone we outrun them sank stupid with like five kilometers yeah, it was mental. We like we we completely outdid him, and eventually the the pressure told when Lucas Moura was it was it a one two in midfield, and then he beat a couple of players and got taken out right outside the box. Yeah, he took and, on uh, one, beat a second, and then the third took him out, wasn't it? That's it. That's it. Yeah, he the first, That's the thing that frustrates me most about Moura. Like he he's got his twinkle <laughs> toes and he can take on anyone. No, but like he can do it. Like he can take on. He can look like he can, he's going to take on the whole team, and no one can stop him. And then there's just the other ninety-five percent of the game where he just runs straight into the first man, and it's infuriating. But anyway, he gets fouled right outside the box. And I'll be honest, my first thought was, oh for fuck's sake, Kane's going to sky it. Kane's thinking the Aston Villa game was yesterday, <laughs> uh, and he wants to take free kicks. Yeah. Um, that was my thought. Um, but yeah, because... when, we, when I saw Dyer, I was like, wow. I just thought, I honestly thought he's just going to take the head off someone in the wall. Like he's going to absolutely <laughs> welly it. Um, a bit like, do you remember the um, the World Cup game for England where he scored with the, the free kick against, was, yeah. I think it was it Colombia or Russia or, or Croatia, someone. wasn't it? Right, some shit team. Anyway, he scored and it was similar in that it hit the wall, bounced off, hit the post. And uh, Region was there to tap in for his first Spurs goal when he sort of... Um, did his best impression of Conte, did he? He's just absolutely <laughs> belting it down to the to the corner flag. And I, I don't know, what do you think of Reggie so far? Because he's he started like a house on fire, and then it's he, his performances have been a bit inconsistent since. Would you say? Yeah, I think inconsistencies. One, um, he's by far our best left back. There's no argument about it. No. Um, think he'll come good, um, and we've seen it in spells against Leeds. Um, I think some decision making. And sometimes the final ball could be improved. I like him. And I like Emerson on the other side as well. He gets a lot of yeah. stick. But I think he's already second in tackles for players to play 90 Listen, minutes more than he, five He's times. getting stick for Leeds because of that one missed challenge. Yeah. Which, by the way, Tanganga was in the wrong position as well. Yes, he gets skipped past easy. 
But then what yeah. does Tinkanga do? He doesn't mark, he doesn't show him the line to go to the corner mm. flag and he doesn't pressure him to stop no. that cross from coming in. He does half and half. That ease yeah. ball was far too easy. And as a free man mid, as a free back as a back line of three against one striker, the formation allows him to be forward. Because what could have, what would have happened if it was on the break where Emerson was the last man in their box? We got we can't always go of the player that's just been skipped we need to look at what was the rest of the formation doing so yeah Emerson got beat easy but at the end of the day I thought he had another decent game he provided an outlet he could have scored had Regulon passed him the ball instead of trying to cut it to Kane <laughs> Conte um, lost his shit at that moment yeah. I think he was um, not happy but yeah I think Emerson it's a bit tough on to Emerson um, he's come to a new country new absolute new language um, and he's, he's fitting, he's fitting fine, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, and um, I think we remember Poch in his early days being like the fullback whisperer. And I think it's fair to say that Conte <laughs> is a wingback whisperer, like the performances he got. I mean, obviously, Hakimi was already a decent player, but he sort of elevated him to that next level, didn't he? Definitely. Um, I think that's what we need to see. And you mentioned Davies, um, not Davies, nobody mentions Davies ever. It's not a conversation anybody <laughs> ever was there. You mentioned Reguilon being the best left back at the club, but I think in this new formation, hopefully we will be able to see a bit more rotation between him, between him and Sessegnon, because Sessegnon is surely the exact type of wing back that um, that Conte loves. And we'll come on to Mura in a minute because he's he, Conte said he's going to start. But uh, is that is that something you want to see from the lad? Oh, oh, I tweeted that as a question for you last. Um, it's uh, definitely one. It's definitely the one I want to see. I think he's the one on the cusp of the team that's most likely going to break in, especially with um, Conte liking to rotate him around the 60, 70th minute mark to keep that intensity. Um, yeah. We'll see a lot more of Sess and I'm really looking forward to it because he has got what we've seen anyway. He has got a better end product than Regulon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, before we move on from, uh, from Leeds, I just want to say a great big Fuck you to the Leeds fans who thought it was funny to make some anti-Semitic chants. Like, it's not big and it's not clever. And, like, just fucking wind it in. I remember when I had my first beer, man. It's not cool, man. Just chill out. <laughs> like, fucking hell. And then, like, it was so annoying. Like, you could see that about two teeth between them. I don't know what goes through people's heads with anti-Semitic. Uh, yeah. Let's not get into a political debate. It was disgusting. Nah. To be fair, Leeds, Leeds should look, look, look at where they come from before they uh, chuck stones. This comes like two days after there was the reports from the Athletic that they want, that Spurs are going to stop, want to ask Tottenham fans to stop using the Y word. And I don't think that's a conversation to be had between two Catholic boys. But, um, but I agree, let me just, put it that it's way. Just, it's just, yeah, it's just emphasis. Like, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable using the word because um, it allows the fans of other clubs to feel entitled to do it themselves, yeah. essentially. But again, we'll, we'll keep that we'll step away from that it was just the time and everything and it was just like for fuck's sake like just all the things you you can chant about or cuss about and you've got a big dad just grow the fuck up man i I remember when chants were funny support for this podcast cock and ball is brought to you by very aptly manscaped uh, who are the best in uh, men's below the waist grooming uh, and they're the champions of the world out there Manscapes offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscapes have just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, you heard that correct. The 4.0. 
So you could join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We can give you 20% off and free worldwide shipping uh, with what code, Ashley? Clean balls. Clean balls. You got it. Cock and ball offer you clean balls. Go to manscaped.com. You can get 20% off uh, and free worldwide shipping just in time for Christmas, uh, which is absolutely perfect timing for us. Manscaped has been very good for us, Ash. They've uh, very kindly sent us the lawnmower for, amongst other things. Um, it's a nice, sleek, well-designed thing, actually. What did you make of it? Yes, yeah, fantastic. It's, it's it's nice and lightweight. You feel like you've got control of it, but you can feel just how well it's made. And they mentioned precision engineering there, and it really is fantastic. I've been using it, and my todger is tamed, my testes are trimmed, and I feel like a new man. <laughs> fantastic. Because I've always lived... Uh, it's always trepidous, isn't it? When you're trying to use what essentially the shaver you use on your face, on your own balls. And look, no, no one likes the old nip and tuck. And it's not guaranteed, but I thought I felt so much. I was a lot more comfortable and confident using this uh, than I have done using my own shaver, which I use on my own face. And to be fair, I felt pretty good. I used the ball deodorant as well. Didn't know that it was a thing, but it is quite nice, wasn't it? No. Fantastic. There's no chafing going on down there, mate. No, absolutely not. Uh, so, to be fair, Manscaped did send us this, but I thought it was actually pretty good. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code CLEANBALLS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code CLEANBALLS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Anyway, let's seamlessly mix back into the podcast. We got a question from uh, our usual leader, Tom, who wants to know what our most heated sibling argument has been about Tottenham and uh, did it ever end in violence? I think I'll pass that over to you, Chris. <laughs> no, it's never been in violence. Ash, let's tell the truth. Other well, subjects. No, other subjects, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but no, you're slightly more optimistic normally, Spurs fan, mm. than I am. But I think that's general, the younger sibling, though, isn't yeah, it? That's just how I it think works. <laughs> our general views um, are similar. I'm just a little bit more vocal about my opinions. What we argue about over the years, usually it's about like players like Winks coming through. We've we've yeah. had massive fucking fights about that. I don't know. Did we argue about AVB back in the day? Because I, I yeah, remember... I, I I quite enjoyed him at one point. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I remember being really fucking bored. Yeah. And then, and then I think there was the Bentley one as well. The Dan, yeah, Bentley was one. Gio Dos Santos, because you had him on the back of your shirt. I loved Dos Santos. <laughs> yeah, I loved and I Dos it was Santos. A flop he was big. One. <laughs> uh, yeah, you thought it was a flop. And who was the one that I'm sure there was one that you used to really rate? Can't remember. You, don't say it's someone like fucking Jamie O'Hara. <laughs> no, no. Was, no, I think it might have been like Lee Lee Ponyo or. Someone like that. No, no. Asuokoto, I loved him. Yeah, that was it. Asuokoto, I couldn't say. Fucking loved him. Loved him. We he spoke about him last week with, uh, with Flav. He was, he, he was our left back in our cult 11. I don't know if you listened to it. But it was just, just his first touch was as good as Berbatov's, and I would die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> you loved the little Cruyff turn in the box. Oh, uh, mate, it made me shit myself every time, but <laughs> live for the thrills. That's what life it's, is about. That, that man got me like 70 points one year one year in uh, fantasy football because I didn't I didn't realise that Tottenham had a double fixture and I didn't actually realise I had him as my captain as well and he scored <laughs> in both games that week 
Um, so <laughs> I ended up with like 70, 80 points of him alone. So I can never forget. Nah, but generally speaking, we're a bit boring and uh, we share the same opinions on many things. Like, for example, we share the opinion that the Italians are the champions of Europe at the moment, but we'll, 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 move, we'll move on from Big that. Facts. So um, next up, we've got Mura. Did you uh, did you watch the other game against them? Yes. Oh, thank God. Do you remember anything about it? Because I'm oh, completely frick. fucking lost. <laughs> <laughs> poor outfit right, they are. They're poor. Yeah. Very poor. Okay. I do remember them essentially being pretty shit at football, but actually trying. They they work hard, yes. Yeah. Um, I give them that. And they do have one or two that just like a shot that could go in yeah. from anywhere. Yeah, loads so of they shots. They will try. But yeah, listen, it was under was it under Nuno, so. So we'll talk about it under Conte then. He uh, he said that there's going to be some rotation. We've already mentioned Sessignon's coming in. Unfortunately, Bergvine's been left at home after like, after coming in yeah, after scoring, similar. yeah, after scoring for for the Netherlands. I think for, for him to come in. But who are you hoping to see start tomorrow? Do you know what? There's going to be a few that I want to see, and I think so. I definitely want to see Cess. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I I actually want to see Roden again. Hmm. I don't like him in a two, uh, but in a three, he might be all right. Where would you put him in the three? In the middle or the left? Ah, oh, the left. I think the centre centre's always got to be your 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 leader, um, and that's either going to be Dyer or Romero. And I actually want to see Sanchez. I think he'd be good in on the right of a back three. He he came on against Leeds at the end, and I think every single Tottenham fan at the time thought, "What the fuck is this? Like, why yeah. why are you taking off Tanganga for Sanchez?" But actually, he was immense in that position. Like he's very he was, quick. The yeah, he's very quick. But the thing we we lost with Romero's injury was the tenacity like and the thing i've actually criticized sanchez for a lot at the moment is that he goes into every single challenge trying to win the ball like you know sometimes you just got to give the striker a yard or you just let them control it and then you go in at the second touch he doesn't do that he wants to win every single one but in that right side of the defense or either side of the defense you can do do that you've got to cover yeah so i think i think that'll be a perfect position hopefully he's just uh i don't know if he got a lot of stick for his passing ability but He's done all right, so um, I think no, he'll as come long, in. As long as that's where we can't always blame the defenders. Why should defend? We never used to sit there and mm. criticise defenders. Oh, you're not a good enough passer, so I don't want you on my team. <laughs> Cannavaro, Nesta, um, you look at Vidic. Yeah. Uh, these are solid defenders who you could not get past. We did not criticise their, midf- uh, their passing. All we wanted them is to give them to, to the midfielders that can play. Yeah, and let's stop criticising. Not every single centre back is going to be Ramos. Some no, some but, should um, play like Paul Yo. Someone I'm expecting to get a bit of criticism on the right hand side is Doherty, and I expect he's going to come in. So uh, I think we're going to need Sanchez's pace to cover that right hand side, aren't we? Yeah, another PE teacher. <laughs> what winds me up? Have you ever yeah. watched him play for Ireland? Mate, decent. So good. He completely, completely pocketed Ronaldo the other day. (laughs) Pocketed him. It's another confidence issue. I think at least changing to the the uh, 352 or 343, whatever we're going to play, I think that way to be because there's less less worried about getting back and because he's got less space in front of him. He was good at Wolves when he just had to time his run into the box rather than just have to like run from deep from age because that's obviously paces in his thing. So maybe that will help. 
But we'll see how that goes. I, I imagine Endombele comes in in midfield, or do you reckon he'll go in there in the front three? I think he's training him to replace Lucas. Mm. Honestly, I think that's what he wants. Or he's going to get him to play that midfield role. Because um, he's never going to be a Barella, let's be honest. Like he's, he's, not gonna, he's but, great, but he's not going to complete that role. Box so box he's got and, different skills to Barella. He's better than Barella in a lot of things, but Barella's better than him in other things. He's just more rounded, isn't he? Yeah. He's just more well-rounded. Um, let's not compare. But... Yeah, no, listen, and Dombele's got all the talent in the world. We just need yeah. him to, to be more consistent. Um, and I think Conte's working with him. I don't think he's finished at Tottenham. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see him in the in the front three. All um, right. Who... Is Lacelso back? Nah, he's injured. Skip's back, though, isn't he? Yeah, he was only suspended. Yeah, so Skip might come in just to get a bit of game. Time. I bet he will. So you, yeah. you might see Ndombele yeah. skip, but I don't think we will. Hopefully, I'd like to see um, Brian Hill come in on the left of the front three. I know he's usually like hugging the touchline, but he's just so technically gifted that I think he's got he's more than capable capable of playing that role. I'd like to see Kane get given a break and then maybe just start Son up front. He might, he might so do it, but I think Son needs more of a break than Kane does. To be honest, <laughs> Kane's had his break on the pitch. Kane's had it off the pitch as well when he wasn't fucking in training. <laughs> at the start of the season, but no, listen, I think he, he wants he wants Kane to get back in that form, and these are the kind of games he might use him to do yeah. that. Get him yeah. to play sixty minutes, fifty minutes, and get him off. Yeah. Um, so we might not see that, but we might see Dane Scarlett. You never know. Uh, he's out injured, he said. Is it? But we we might see uh, Dylan Markenday. He's. I'm not saying he's going to be the next big thing, but. Like, no. what more can you do than... My uh, argument is, if he mm. can adapt to being the wide man of a front three, he can be dangerous because he can score goals. If Dylan gets gets the nod in one of the two wider positions, be happy for him. We have, we have, I want to see him come off the bench because... Um, or, like, just get some minutes because there's not more he can do. And, like, just for the impact you'll have for the rest of the youth team. Like, if you're winning oh, no, two Player of the Month awards, like, what more can you do to get no, a chance? We need to see him and hopefully he'll get 20 minutes. Anyway, school predictions. What do you reckon? Uh, Conte as the manager. Um, mm. Had he not been the manager, I would have said nil-nil. <laughs> Maybe one-nil. Um, but with Conte as the manager, I reckon it'll be nice and easy. Three-nil. Yeah, I was going to say three-nil as well. So fuck it, I'll say four just to be a bit more interesting. <laughs> and then after that, we've got a, a, is it a trip up to your neck of the well, I won't say your neck of the woods because that'd be really offensive to you. But we're at Burnley, aren't we? We are, which is not far at all. Listen, we either destroy them like we normally do, or it's going to be tough because they like they know how to play. Go long into Chris Wood, and now they look more dangerous because they haven't got Ashley Barnes or Vidjar, who's the same kind of player. They've now got Max Corney, who's got something about yeah. him, a bit of pace, a nice shot which works perfectly with the big small man duo that we used to amazingly watch with Mido and Berbatov. Um, Crouch the foe. Yeah, yeah, Crouch the foe. So if we we can control the game and keep and stop the balls early from James Tarkovsky and Ben Mee, we stop them from playing diagonal balls, we might be okay. Um, Mm. We should be okay. Or we need to just watch Cornet and not let him get in behind because Chris Wood ain't going to get behind you. I'm fairly happy with Dyer as a uh, as the guy challenging him. He's, he's he's a brute. Even if he doesn't win every header against Wood, he's going to make it really hard for Wood to do anything Definitely. decent in the air. Yeah. So uh, 
we'll see how it goes. But we look, we've got to be beating them. Like we've got this is one of our one of our games that we should be winning, and we we've got to beat them. And um, do you have any Burnley fans where you were, Chris? Would you be able to step foot back in the office? Um, I did have, but luckily they've left. Actually, no, I've got one more, but he works from home, more. so I might get a few messages. So yeah, let's not <laughs> let's, let's not let that happen. No, it's uh, we've uh, we've got a history on Cockerboard at the moment of just absolutely slating different towns and cities throughout the UK. <laughs> but um, I think Burnley deserves to be on that list. Like I've never heard a nice word about it. So let's go in there. Let's fucking trash the place. Football wise, I'm not. Let's just let's just go violence. There. <laughs> no, let's just go there let's sing I want to go home and get yeah. the job done and yeah. go alright score predictions for Burnley then uh, frick I've got two in my head 2-1 or 3-1 I don't know which one to go with I think we score goals but we're going to concede I was going to say 1-0 uh, so maybe you can stick with 2-1 so, yeah 1-0 I think we're going to dominate the game they're going to be a few sketchy moments where uh, Wood wins a few headers and um, Connor gets in behind but I think on the on the large we'll, we'll deal with it so 2-1 and uh, just just to finish off before we go Chris we've, we've mentioned Conte being an absolute madman I want to know how far is acceptable to run down the down the touchline when you're celebrating a goal as a coach like, do you do full length or, I, I want to see him cr- I want him to see him across the other side of the pitch celebrating with the players <laughs> Add, just invading add, the pitch. Listen, if we see an Adi by your goal celebration from Conte, I'll be happy. <laughs> away to Chelsea. Um, yeah. <laughs> away to Chelsea. Do an Adi by your. Let's go for it. Um, yeah. I want to see it more from managers, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like seeing managers that turn around and high five their assistant like it was their them that scored the goal. <laughs> Give praise oh. to your players when it's due. But especially as a Tottenham fan, moments to celebrate are fleeting. So we need to celebrate <laughs> celebrate when we get the chance. So go for it. And I, I think on that note, we'll we'll call it a day. Thanks for coming on, Chris, at uh, Emergency no Service. Problem. Thank yeah. you for having me. And uh, good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night and come on you first.